Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the epic sounds of the Bacon Smile Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gotta wait for that beat to drop. <laughs> As always, I'm Steve Patera, joined by my good friend, Evan Shaw Mumford. Boom. It's episode <laughs> 92. We've 92. almost done 100 of these. It's un... We're going to have to do something to celebrate. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, 100 Bible verses or something like that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll go through the lineage sections. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the so family I... trees. So how's it going, man? I'm good. Good. <laughs> How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Uh, you know, surviving. <laughs> um, no, yeah, uh, things are good. Um, as we were just kind of talking uh, before we got started here, you know, life continues to go on, and uh, you know, it's it's crazy uh, to think that it's already January. Like it's already January is already over. You know what I mean? Like. Like we're, and we're we're about two three weeks away from Ash Wednesday. Yeah, which is even crazier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you worked out? I uh, actually before we get into let's sure, do sure. let's do the breakdown. Let's take a step back. Sure. Let's absolutely take a beat. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we're going to talk about. Uh, you shared an article with me um, that talks about Gen Z, which is. Uh, I don't even know when that starts, but Gen Z is the generation that came after millennials. So right. uh, the generation after you and I, like, right. I think I, I'm thinking I'm like high the school. I think they're in high school right now. High school to college, I believe. Yeah. And so what they're missing in life and craving that even um, that they're the yeah, anyway, we'll get into it. So uh, then uh, we're going to go into um, a couple different things that's going to kind of like roll right into a few other topics about what people are craving for, what that means for us as Christians and stuff like that. And then uh, normal, we'll fall right into the normal music. Did Evan watch a movie re- lately that came out 30 <laughs> years ago? <laughs> <laughs> and then the sing- answer is yes <laughs> <laughs> um then uh we have <laughs> our saint of the day is saint thomas aquinas uh, and being his uh feast day the gospel is from the memorial mass of saint thomas aquinas m- from mark 4 mark 4 21 through 25 and uh, then you have news of the weird, and then you'll hear the epic beat drop again, <laughs> and that'll be the end of the podcast. <laughs> Buster just pushed his way into the room. <laughs> Sorry, as I seem distracted. It's all right. <laughs> um, so. How does this happen? Buster knows where the cool room. Is. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I'm just shut this. There we go. As if you can see him in the background. Yes, he's taken over. <laughs> <laughs> this is just gonna sound great in audio. Uh, so, <laughs> have have you uh, thought about Lent? Like what what your forty day journey is gonna look like? So I haven't I haven't found something that I am giving up yet, um, but one thing that I have been doing more focused and, and more regularly this year has been going to daily mass. So that has been awesome, and uh, just being able to participate that we do do the live stream at nine a.m. on Facebook. So I was checking that out in December, but now I've been making more of an effort to go during the day in person, and uh, that's been helpful. So. I'll, I'll certainly be thinking over the next few weeks about Lent and what I'm going to give up. But that's something that 
I've been enjoying and I hope to stick with as, as we continue into the new year. How about you? Yeah, so last year I um I went for like a a no uh almost like a no excess <laughs> um 40 day journey where it was like I'm only going to eat one meal a day. I'm not going to consume any alcohol. I'm going to essentially fast like a true fast for 24 hours eat the same small meal almost every day and it was like no indulgences was the word i was looking for i was i was trying to go for i'm not going to indulge i'm going to kind of like just get by um and it was interesting because it really made me think about you know christ went into the into the desert for 40 days and in the gospel where they talked about to be tempted right and prepare himself and so i was in the no indulgences was like so i'm going to prepare myself for the easter the easter feast um and lent is supposed to be about taking things out of your life that hinder your relationship with god and you know, I'm a chubby guy, so food um, can, <laughs> can overindulging can be one of those things. Um, so, um, I don't know. I'm leaning towards trying to do the same thing um, or something similar, making sure that it's for the right reasons. It's not like a, a diet or exercise plan. It's not like my lenten resolution you know like it's not Mm -hmm. my new year's resolution but um yeah it's funny that you brought up that you know ash wednesday is you know coming up quick (laughs) yeah feels like we just wrapped up christmas so yeah and and that seems to happen every year to me where all of a sudden i'm like ah what am i gonna (laughs) what am i gonna do but um yeah i think there's something along those lines is making sure that I'm preparing myself, um, that it is something that I'm taking something out of my life that was, um, hindering my relationship with God and, or, and, or putting something in my life to strengthen my relationship with God. Um, because it's not always about taking away. It actually should be about adding to it. And it's like, if it's something that strengthens me physically, spiritually, in my relationship with God, then that's a good thing. So, and hope I'm hoping that this year, whatever I do, I can take something of it with me the rest of the year. Um, so that it's not just like, okay, well it's Lenten time. This is what I do (laughs) from February (laughs) to April every year, (laughs) you know? Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's, it should be about strengthening, your relationship with God, um, which ties in nicely to our <laughs> topic of this article. And so the article um, yeah. was, hold on, I'll pull up the title of the article, though largely, largely, that's fun to say, though largely <laughs> religiously unaffiliated, Gen Z craves spiritual mentoring study says um and basically over over 10,000 surveys and 150 interviews with young people and so this is Gen Z is 13 to 25 ages 13 to 25 I feel like 13 <laughs> probably doesn't weigh a whole lot on uh <laughs> the 25 year olds as well you know what i mean right. um definitely a different pe- uh, perspectives a little perspectives different. yeah yeah but anyway so um uh, the big things that like stuck out with me was that you know it is commonly referred to as the loneliest generation yeah um less meaningful relationships in their lives friends family parents uh just a distance to them right um, and I feel like you and I have seen that in youth ministry, 
that the um, the breakdowns that we see with our young people is mainly around relationships um, because they have so few meaningful ones that when something goes wrong, it's devastating. Right. And also the not knowing what a real relationship is as well. Um, knowing that if someone actually cares about them. The other part that stuck out to me with this article was that they often feel dismissed by adults with their thoughts or beliefs, um, but are willing to accept uh, wisdom of adults that they truly believe care about them. And so... For me, I think that was something that um, Vicky Raspoli uh, instilled in me and then definitely was reinforced by MJ when I was the assistant, uh, one of her assistants for youth ministry, was that first and foremost, these, these young people need to know that you love them and that you want the best for them. And that you want them to strengthen their relationship with Christ. And no matter no matter what, no matter what dumb things teenagers do, that that doesn't stop you from loving them and caring for them. That doesn't stop you from seeing wanting to see them fix it, get better, stand back up, knock the dirt off and get back at it, you know, go the right way. I think that was something that was instilled in me a long time ago. That first and foremost, the kids should know that you you love them and care about them. Now, that doesn't mean that you <laughs> don't also try to hold them to the standards that we're supposed to hold them to. But I think that first, the first step is showing that you care. And it's funny to see that written down in a pretty lengthy article and to have that be one of the things that it's like well we feel dismissed by most adults but the meaningful adult relationships that we do have it's when we know that that person cares about us you know the a few other go ahead no 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 it's okay (laughs) i was just going to say like thinking back when I was younger and I'd, I'd hang out with adults. Some of my more meaningful conversations that I had, I feel like were with adults where they actually had me like engaged in really good conversations where I had to step up in my thinking and in my conversations. Yeah. And that, that made me feel like they were treating me like I was one of their own. And so when I'm engaging with our teens and, and college students, that's something that I try to emulate with them where it's like, you know, we're, we're in this together here. Let's, you know, you're thinking like that. What about, what do you think about this? And try to help bring them up to that level too and challenge your thinking. And hopefully uh, they find value in that too, you know? Yeah, no. And it's, uh, it's different. It's definitely different from when we were in high school to what the kids are dealing with now. Not even just not even just technology though. Um, I feel like a generation has been brought up differently because of technology, and because I, I I don't even know how to put it. I think that I'll put it this way. This is something I say all the time. So for a long time, I used to actually think it was disrespectful. For a young person to ask me why when I was asking them to go do something. And it took me a long time to realize that they were not meaning to be disrespectful. Even though I was raised to believe that would be disrespectful. Telling someone who's older than you in a position of authority who's asking you to go do something to be like, well, why are you asking me to do it? That would have been disrespectful if I said that to any adult in my life growing up. The young people that have come up through my program, through your program, 
uh, through our collective programs over the years, now want to have input a little more. And it's not meant to be disrespectful. They just want to know why they are doing something. It's not like just because I told you so. It's they they want to grasp like the meaning behind it. And so I always found, and whether or not it's placating or whatever, um, <laughs> at this point, instead of being like, hey, Jeffrey, go go get this for me down in the office. I say, hey, uh, Jeffrey, can you do me a huge favor? Can you go down to uh, Miss Mary's office and get the attendance sheet for me? I forgot it. Can you go please get that for me? Way better response than if I just say, hey, yeah. hey, Jeff, go get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're including them in the conversation and, and keeping them up to date. And yeah, that's awesome. It's just it's just a different it's just a totally different mindset. Um, and right. I and I I think that just has to do with kind of a cultural shift. And it does it doesn't have to be a negative way when you think about it, because it's funny when I talk to people older than me and I explain that exact same thing. They're like, well, why do you even have to go through that? I don't understand. I'm like, you just you just do. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. <laughs> it, rather than banging my head against a wall trying to understand why I have to do that, I'd rather adapt, understand, mm-hmm. and move forward. <laughs> right? Right. Right. <laughs> um, Find the but, most effective way to communicate with them and, and get the job done. Yeah, and, it, and it's connect. You know, it's connecting, showing that you care. Because, yeah, I could get... I could get my feelings hurt by feeling disrespected when that was not the intent. Or I can look at what the intent is and yeah. and change my thinking around it. Because in, in that situation, I'm the one who's perceiving it wrong. Right? Because right. They're, they're not meaning to be disrespectful. They're not meaning to come off as rude. They just want input into why they're being asked to do something and when you look at it that way you can't really fault them for it it's just when you were brought up completely different (laughs) you just go what do you what do you mean what do you mean why (laughs) but when you You know it was the weirdest thing for me to adjust to because you had me thinking about this talking about the asking why for me it's is getting used to talking to someone and they're not making eye contact. And this is more in like a classroom setting. But for oh, yeah. me, when I was when I was raised, it was always you you have your eyes on the teacher or whoever's speaking. And the first few times that I was talking to, I was in a situation where I was brought into a church, I was talking with some teens, and they're sitting in a circle, and a lot of them just had their feet down and they're looking at their feet. Um, but then I had to realize that just because they weren't looking at me, their ears weren't off. You know, they were still listening. It was just, yeah. you know, I was always raised to look at the person who's speaking to you. But after I got past that, I, I, I didn't find it offensive after I thought about it like that. Well, that was, you know, it's funny since you say that was uh, I've had a lot of young people say that they have, they struggle with eye contact. So that what they normally do is yeah. to, to, um, kind of battle that is they'll look at people's faces as a whole mm-hmm. and now we're wearing masks all the time so it's adding yeah. another level of impersonalization not having those meaningful connections and so if you're already struggling with eye contact making physical and emotional connections whew, we're in an all-time <laughs> rough patch for it yeah, but not to get too far into the weeds. The the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the it's my ADD running wild. Um, the the other thing that the, the article talked about was that like you know like four percent of people uh, like surveyed or less than four percent was like that they went to religious gatherings and felt a, a connection to the place and um, 
it seemed as if they were looking for the meaningful mentorship relationships with people at church and it was one of the lines was something of like we were we are seeking discipleship but we need to find someone to make that connection with but also gen z is uh, culturally never going to ask for it never going to ask for help never going to ask how to do something they're going to try to figure it out themselves and uh, i find that to be true for the most part is that the self-sufficient nature of a social media internet generation is i don't need someone to tell me how to do something i can look up how to do something um makes a lot of sense to me what what were your thoughts on that so i think i i love this article i think one of the dangerous sides that could come out of this is we have to especially as we're mentoring and and bringing youth into the parish and into our churches is we also have to make sure that um, they're digging the roots into scripture and into the word so that they're self-sufficient in their faith so that it, it, what I'm seeing in, in mainstream churches and non-denominational mega churches is when a leader leaves or, you know, heaven forbid denounces the faith, all the people that came in because of this one leader or this one big mentor or public figure yeah is all of a sudden in a crisis and they leave the church just because well the person who brought me here is no longer a part of it yeah um i don't i don't see any reason to stay and with this generation where a lot of them are are following influencers on tiktok and instagram and snapchat we have to be careful that as we're mentoring and and helping introduce people to the faith that we don't become like that and we help them become individuals and strengthened in in the faith yeah and uh it's it's a big thing to to remind yourself that the Mm -hmm. the reason we go to church is not for the pastor it is Mm -hmm. not for meeting the people in the church either no matter how wonderful they might be that Mm -hmm. the reason we're there is because of the man on the cross that God came down, made himself man, and died for our sins to show how much he loves us. So, putting too much faith in people can become a problem. And you and I were talking about this um, before the podcast. I'm pretty sure a um, a pretty uh, staunch... Um, Atheist said recently that when you take away a culture's belief in God, something else needs to fill that void. That we're all we're all kind of like human nature is looking for something greater than ourselves, something to believe in, something to invest our spiritual and emotional energy in, and that is partly why you're seeing in america for most part the political environment is becoming more emotional and more connected to people's self-worth that their investment in whichever political side that they affiliate themselves with is attached so much more personally than it ever has been and that stuck out to me a bit because you look at the fact that Gen Z doesn't really affiliate themselves with a religion, uh, that a lot of them consider themselves spiritual, but not an organized religion. They've lost trust, mm-hmm. all that. But also, I think in turn, that more and more young people are paying more attention to politics. This past year has been so uh, polarizing, has really... Uh, torn people's emotions and spirituality apart. Just people are starting to lose faith in other people, in the human good, seeing good in people. We're being uh, just told we can't trust each other, you know, all this other stuff. So that really struck me because I'm like, oh man, if that's true, we are in trouble. 
Because if if people are investing the emotional and spiritual part of their being that is designed to love and worship God towards politics and our politicians, we are in trouble. Because that is putting that level of faith in man. And it's not designed to be. <laughs> it's designed to be it's designed to be for God. Uh, God loves us, our love for God, our yearning, our hunger, our just need for him in our lives uh, is evident. And I think that we we struggle to try to fill that void, even as Christians, even as people of faith, we may be hungering for God and not realize it. And we're trying to fill this, this vacancy that we feel. We feel like this unfulfilled and we try to fill it with stuff, whether it's a newer car or, oh, I'll be happy if I have this. I'll be happy if I have a bigger house. I'll be happy if I have a nicer car. I'll be happy with a bigger TV. I'll be happy with this stuff. But if you're not getting that fulfillment, that true yearning for God, if you're not getting that fulfillment, then you're not going to be able to fill it with stuff, you know? And I think that we all as Christians fall into that, though. We all fall into what we're told we're supposed to have in life. And then you start to feel those uh, not so great feelings of jealousy and envy and, and stuff, which is all just the workings of the dark side. <laughs> the dark one wants us to just, he's, he's going to steer you. And, yeah. and I think that that's where we start to fall. That's where we start to go, well, no, I do, I do deserve nicer things, you know. Yeah. But if your if your life is centered on your relationship with God, all the blessings will be bestowed, and we need to remind ourselves of that. We need to stay diligent and vigilant, and all those all those things. Um, and when it comes to our young people, we need to remind them that there is good in the world that there is um good people and that their relationship with god should be number one first and foremost everything else will come into place um, as you run towards god you will meet other people along the way also running towards god and you will meet there and those are the relationships that you're supposed to keep in your life and I I, I struggled because I, I had this conversation with a family recently where these lifestyles that our young people are being sold that they're being told like this is what happiness looks like this is what fulfillment looks like it's just a bag of goods and it's just empty it's just an empty bag that says happiness on the outside and it, there's nothing in it. There's nothing real. There's nothing to it. And um, they deserve better. And they deserve better uh, role models in their lives. People who are going to show them uh, truly you know, Christian values, the what to strive for in life, what uh, what a good uh, relationship looks like, friendships, parenting, all that stuff. They deserve better. And uh, my most recent class that I had, I ended the prayer because the world seems so dark right now. And we just seem so torn apart. And my prayer is just that we need to do better, that we need to be loving compassionate be there for each other and yeah i get it we're we don't have to agree on everything um i pray all the time for god to steer me where i'm supposed to be and help me decipher all this stuff because i know what my feelings are on it but i need to know where he wants me to be and not just my own 
pig-headedness, stubbornness, like go where I want to go, um, feel what I want to feel, think what I want to think. I want God to help me, to steer me, to show me where he wants me to be. And that way he can use me, speak to young people through me. Like, don't make it about me. Make it about bringing them to him. And like, it's just, there's so much going on and I just want the young people know that I care about them I want them to know that God loves them and it's when you start to get into like what they're craving and what they're yearning for and all that stuff like I'm just like (laughs) get everything out and um, I know I just went on a a, a long dissertation but um, it's important stuff and uh, I really really wanted to make sure that like this is genuine this is this is me this is i'm not perfect uh i i make mistakes i am not this holier than thou person i i struggle just like everyone else struggles um but for whatever reason god has called me to be where i am and if that means sharing my heartache for our young people are my heartache for where we're at my heartache for just these broken hearted young people who are craving love and trying to fill it with nonsense um you know like i said this empty bag of happiness uh instead of searching for the true fulfilling thing in their their lives that has been told to them is either not real or not important or whatever uh that we need to figure it out we need to figure out how to connect with our young people show them that we love them show them that we care and show them why we want to do this listen i'm not getting rich uh you know (laughs) (laughs) spreading the word um you know i'm not in this for fame or anything I'm in this because God put this path before me and has called me to it and uh, I I think that as youth ministers we need to remind ourselves of that um, I know I've, I've come across people um, speakers and retreat leaders and youth ministers who somehow try to make it the show about them and it kind of reminds you that, hmm, it's not really supposed to be. It's supposed to be about God and trying to find ways to humbly serve him because that's where we're called to be. I don't know. What are your thoughts on one, you know, one to a thousand words of what I just said? <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I think ministry becomes really, really dangerous when uh, when ego gets involved. So I, I agree with you. You know, it's just it's it's exhausting trying to constantly keep yourself in check, but <laughs> yeah. it's it's refreshing at the same time to know that at the end of the day, it's not all about you. It's about the person that you're representing and directing people to. So. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard that listening to other people talk about ministries and working in various ministries and just the weirdness that happens when you're in a ministry that's near another ministry. Like, I'm to be direct, I'm talking about radio ministry. Oh, yeah. And how sometimes it gets – there's competition. I say sometimes, but it's probably more frequently than that. Yeah between radio ministries and at the end of the day it's like what are we trying to do are we really trying to compete with this other group or are we just doing the same thing and trying to direct people to him so it's it's a weird culture but as long as we're not making that ourselves and you know focus more on him yeah i mean that's gonna, get it right. that's the weirdest thing ever because and this is gonna sound this is gonna i don't know this is gonna sound weird but um I am terrible at taking compliments. Um, always have been. And especially when it comes to like the calling to youth ministry and like, I don't know, my, my role in people's lives, um, in their journey of faith. And I hear people say like, 
Steve, you know, you had this amazing impact of whatever. And I'm just like, hey, man, that that's just Christ. And I, I don't say that flippantly. I, I genuinely mean that. Like, half the time when I'm sitting up uh, in front of a group talking, it's just the Holy Spirit flowing. It's not, I'm not this great speaker. I am just allowing God to, you know come through me i'm not i'm not sitting here saying like that's right my disciples come follow me (laughs) (laughs) um so it's like i'm i'm terrible at it when people are like oh my god it's just so i'm like stop like i gotta stop you i can't i can't take credit for this i can't um i know um i'm where i'm supposed to be if, if that makes sense, you know, like where it's like, I know I have this gift, um, a God given gift, uh, to be a youth minister. Like, um, I have it. Um, but that's not because of me. That's just cause of God. And it just, it, what really stuck out was what you said before is these, when, when people, lose the person that brought them to the faith they lose faith but that shouldn't be the case the person who brought you to the faith should not be who your faith is in (laughs) you know um and i i think that it's just important to keep kind of like throwing that down a little bit um because i think you see that a lot is when when the person who brought you to the faith when you when you put them up on a pedestal and then you find out that they're just human <laughs> sinner fall down, yeah. you know, you go, Hmm, just not who I thought they were. Maybe this whole thing's a sham. And it's like, that's not where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be like, oh, right. man, I, I'll pray for you. Like, yeah, I'll be praying for you. I hope that you can get it all. <laughs> hope you can get it all sorted out. We all have people like that in our lives. We all have people who we thought were had it all figured out, had it all put together, <laughs> and have fallen. Yep. You know. So, I don't know. It's just one of those things where stuff gets stuck in my head, and it's just like, hey, you got to talk about this because mm-hmm. needs to be said. What do you got for music? Awkward transition. So, sure, let's <laughs> tackle it. So um, my buddy, who I've only talked to once, so it's a very one-sided friendship. But uh, my buddy, best Pat friends. Barrett. Yeah. Best friends. He doesn't know. Yeah. Um, Got a tattoo and everything. Pat, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, Pat Barrett, if you don't know, he wrote Build My Life and, and Good Good Father and The Way. He has a new album coming out at the end of February, and he has a new song that just came out called Act Act Justly, Love Mercy, Walk Humbly. And it's just every song he puts out, in my opinion, is amazing. But when you hear that, it's on Spotify if you want to check it out. It's it's just a great, great song um, from Pat Barrett. Also coming out in February, uh, John Foreman of Switchfoot is coming out with another album called Departures as a solo project. And then uh, Tarion, if you ever see... Toby Mack live with his Hits Deep, not Hits Deep, but his uh, uh, um, Diverse City band. Tarion's one of the vocalists on his band. She's coming out with an album called Genesis of Tarion, also at the end of the month. So Awesome. Yeah. All right. Now it's time for my favorite segment. This is my favorite. New segment, but it's it's a lot of oh, fun. It's my, it's my favorite. It's what I look forward to ever since we discovered... That there yes. are hundreds, if not thousands, of movies that came out during Evan's lifetime that are considered classics that he has and never still seen. Still catching up with. Them. Yeah, he's catching up, and he's yeah. <laughs> watching planes, trains, and automobiles for the so first let's, time. So let's recap. <laughs> the first one was planes, trains, and automobiles, right? And then what was the other one? Oh, coming to America. Coming, <laughs> coming to America. Which it is. It is coming. Coming to America. Coming to. America is coming out, I think, next month. Yeah. I just found that out, and it's <laughs> it's it's like an Amazon deal or something like that. 
That's uh, so funny. <laughs> So all right. caught so, up just in time, but yeah. Right. So, so this this podcast edition, <laughs> uh, Jen and I love the Mission Impossible movies. However, I've seen them incredibly out of order. <laughs> so I saw the third one as my first installment <laughs> when it came out when I was in high school. So I saw that in theaters, and it was great because that like the first three movies were standalone movies, but after the third one. If you don't watch the one before, you lose track of what's going on. Mm. So I watched the third one then a second time with Jen. And she goes, that's cool. We got to go see the new one in theater. So we went to go see Fallout. I think it was Fallout. Anyway, we went to go see that one. That came out in the theaters. <laughs> and I was like, there was one that came out in between. Turns out we missed two. <laughs> so... <laughs> so we end up going all right now i gotta go get the blu-rays for four and five and then we watched four five after watching six and jen's going i don't even know what's happening anymore i can't keep track of the timeline and then now they're working on the seventh and eighth movies and i just found out that there's a character from the first movie that hasn't been seen in the franchise ever since but he's coming back in the seventh movie so i'm like, Shoot, now I really need to backtrack and see the first two. So I knew the first one was pretty good. The second one, the reviews were terrible for. So we're watching the first one, and I'm like, this is not bad. You know, you see the stunts where you're like, yeah, Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. And then Johnny goes, oh, that wasn't that wasn't bad. I said, yeah, that's the second worst in the franchise. She goes, what's the worst one? I said, it's the next one. So she goes, okay, <laughs> you want to watch it tonight? I said, not tonight. So the next weekend we watched it, and she was mortified. She's sitting there through the whole thing, yelling at the TV, yelling, <laughs> this is probably the worst thing I've ever seen. And she's seen The Room. If you've ever seen The Room, she's seen that, and she loves it. So for her to say, this is worse than that, uh, <laughs> says something. And uh, if you haven't seen the second one, uh, this came out right around the same time as The Matrix, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. John Woo directed it, yeah, so there's yeah. a lot of martial arts and very a uh, lot of people on cables actions. flying around. That's the yes, <laughs> just ridiculous fight scenes that are over the top. And yeah. so uh, that w I was quoting it the next day, and Jen completely slept it off and forgot about the whole movie. The next day, I drop a quote, and she'd just get angry all over again <laughs> so i would recommend watching that's fantastic except for number two no you gotta watch number two all right you have to but that's what that's how you appreciate it because the whole franchise gets better with each movie it's it's unbelievable N number two has so like there is a i think there i mean there used to be a website dedicated to all the um, what do they call it? There's a there's a there's a word for it, and there's someone on on a movie set that their whole job is to make sure a continuity. There's a continuity expert on every movie. Whoever it was for the second Mission Impossible movie should have never worked again. There is like a website designed to the gaffes in continuity. He's riding a motorcycle at multiple hundreds of miles per hour on the street. It has racing tires on it. And then he is in the desert on the dirt. And it now has dirt bike tires on it. Like, it's just bad. Well, the funny thing is, too, I read online that the original movie was going to be released and it was going to be three hours long. And the studio said, absolutely not. So Jonathan <laughs> Wu just started cutting things and, and editing it. And that's why, like, we were watching different scenes and going, wait a minute, how did this just happen? There were weird plot holes and random parts where someone who's someone's kidnapped and then they're just randomly walking over to the cliffs and just looking over the water. It's like, wait, how did they get – why did they just let this person go? So, yeah, you're right. You do have to watch it, but just go in expecting nothing, oh. like, of quality. That is so awesome. You hadn't seen them all. At one point, Tom Cruise locked himself in the editing studio and John Woo couldn't get in. That was what I read. He just 
had it and was like, I'm taking control. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, if somehow that was better than it was going to be, I'd be shocked. <laughs> Either way, every director's been asked to come back except for John Woo. Mm-hmm. So that says something. <laughs> I mean, you just you just don't want to mess with perfection. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I mean, how could you outdo <laughs> <laughs> when you set the standards so high, you know, you just don't want to go back to yeah. it. <laughs> that is fantastic. I love like really bad movies like like that, like where you're watching it just going yeah. like, oh, this is hysterically bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> as we compose ourselves speaking of a more reverent part of the (laughs) podcast speaking of action films uh saint thomas aquinas uh lived a pretty (laughs) action-packed life speaking of kidnapping riding motorcycles and changing tires (laughs) well his family did kidnap him uh to try to keep him from joining the dominican order so (laughs) i feel like that's a good segue (laughs) That's perfect. Um, So St. Thomas Aquinas, one of the best known doctors of the church, has written more on theology and taught the world more about theology uh, than probably anyone else. Um, Probably most commonly known uh, works uh, that speak on theology Um, still referenced today i mean there's a very popular catholic podcast called pints with aquinas um that is just essentially a a theology uh, podcast with questions and you look into the answers through thomas aquinas's works and uh, it's a pretty awesome podcast i uh, have listened to it many a time while mowing my lawn uh, on my riding tractor it is awesome but so his his story is 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 that ridiculous though. So he, um, I I think he was he was brought to like a religious order at like five years old, um, and his family thought that he was going to join then. But then as he got older, they decided he did not want they did not want him to join a religious order. So as he was leaving to go to the Dominican order. Uh, they, <laughs> his brothers, uh, trapped him in a castle for a year, um, tr- tried to, um, have women seduce him and he chased them away. It's like this crazy. What did he chase him away with? A, uh, <laughs> fire iron. So his two brothers, uh, brought a woman to seduce him, but legends claim Thomas drove her off with a fire iron <laughs> and uh, right. um, after that incident it is said that two angels appeared to him in a dream and strengthened his resolve to maintain being celibate so I mean that is awesome and then you know, like the sentence in the, the write up is following his escape in the year 1244 <laughs> <laughs> to escape his own family um but yeah so no he went on and and wrote um many theological papers books and just uh an awesome teacher of the faith and uh like i said still relevant to this day um he they don't it literally says it is unknown who beautified thomas aquinas but he was canonized um like in 1340 something but um he uh oh 1369 january 28th 1369 no that was when he was when he was moved after his death to a church to be on display as many saints are this is just one of the coolest things <laughs> um but yeah so uh saint thomas aquinas is our saint of the day uh definitely look him up there's so much to him uh i just highlighted the action parts 
um, yeah, so St. Thomas Aquinas, pretty awesome. Awesome. And our and today's reading. Mark 4, for those who like to read along at home, 21 through 25. Jesus said to his disciples, Is a lamp brought in to be placed under a bushel basket or under a bed and not to be placed on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be made visible. Nothing is secret except to come to light. Anyone who has ears to hear ought to hear. He also told them, Take care what you hear. The measure with which you measure will be measured out to you, and still more will be given to you. To the one who has more will be given. To the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, it's a short gospel, but there's so much to it. So there is nothing hidden except to be made visible. Makes me think of like all the stuff that we think we hide in our lives. And nothing is hidden from God. Like So nothing is, se- nothing is secret except to come to light. Um, but then it's like... You wouldn't bring a lamp into the house to then hide it under a bushel basket, which I love. I love the yeah. term bushel basket. Or under a bed. <laughs> yeah, or under a bed. It's like if you wanted light in your room, you wouldn't then cover it with something, right? Yeah. <laughs> but so every every bit of uh, a part of me is like, oh, yeah, so if we have if we have God's love. We need to share God's love. We don't have this amazing gift to then just hold it to ourselves and hide it. We are intent, intended to share it and bring that light to all around us. And then another part of that is, is like, don't hide your gifts. Don't hide the blessings that God has bestowed on you, the gifts that you have. Don't be embarrassed of them. Don't try to hide them from people. Don't, you know, like don't be embarrassed about whatever it is that you're really good at. You should share that gift. How about you? What are you thinking about? So I'm looking at the line. uh, He also told them, take care what you hear. The measure which you measure will be measured out to you and still more will be given to you. So I don't know how you interpret that. It sounds, you know, to take care of what you hear, be careful of what you listen to, you Mm -hmm. know, be discerning of what you're told and what you hear. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, yeah, even, even when you measure stuff out as you provide, it'll still be provided to you. So as you minister to others and spread the word, it's not something that's going to leave. It's just going to constantly flow to you. Yeah, it, the take care of what you hear reminds me. There was a is it in one of the letters Saint Paul to the Corinthians, where it talks about gossip, and it's like if you spread uh, gossip, it is not just um, it is not just like the gossip that is the sin you have now become part of it or something like that but it was it's basically saying like those who take up in gossip take up in sin um Mm. and so therefore if you continue to spread whatever take you know be careful what you listen to but also be careful what you then have other people hearing type of thing whatever reason that kind of like was like oh man i just i just read that not that long ago um and the measure with which you measure will be measured out to you is also like the way like you you were saying like the way that you judge the way that you care the way that you put out your love 
is the will be measured upon you as well. So if you were a, the type of person who never forgave, never gave a person an inch, you know, when they deserved it, that's the type of measure that will be ruled on you as well. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's just, there's, there's so much in such a small short gospel you know like i'm always amazed by that which i I probably shouldn't be you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) right that um you know there's just so much to like a small paragraph of the gospel of like oh yeah no it's only like 10 sentences but it's like all right man (laughs) <laughs> I'll uh, I'll try to do uh, I'll try to do the best I can to be careful what I listen to, who I put measure in, and uh, how I measure others. I guess uh, that's a that's a hefty uh, that's a hefty <laughs> calling. Yeah, not easy, but no, um, what we're called for. Mm-hmm. All right, so what do you got for news of the weird? So the article that I had is crashing and reopening but sweet what happened was what i read was police were called to a mcdonald's parking lot in washington township new jersey after reports of a commotion and disturbance in the mcdonald's parking lot as it turns out there were a bunch of angry chickens pecking at (laughs) customers and going after their tires and so the police ended up calling the animal control and uh, they took them in to a facility where they were claimed by their owners. They were trying to defend the honor of their lost brothers and sisters yes. who became chicken nuggets. Chicken McNuggets, yes. <laughs> I just I just found that hysterical because I would be mad too if I was outside McDonald's and I was a chicken <laughs> and see people going in and out. What are you doing, you know? <laughs> How dare you enjoy a chicken tender? <laughs> <laughs> We we will says, avenge you. <laughs> so here's here's a here's a quote saying Warren County avenged. Animal Control Officer Robbie Lagonera responded to the nine one one call. He was able to tackle one chicken and chase a second chicken and capture it with a net. Can you imagine tackling a chicken in a parking lot at McDonald's as people are going through the drive thru going, What's happening? Um <laughs> so you've seen my the video the meet and greet video that i put together where we had chicken chasing um i don't we... think i've seen that <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to receive a file for so, um i think <laughs> i think it's on the meet and greet website which is on my friend sam uh red barn ministries <laughs> Um, so it was like one of the spring meet and greets. We, <laughs> so we, we got a bunch of chickens. There's not, there was no harm to any of the chickens. I will preface sure, this sure, by sure. this. No, no harm. Dinner was great that night. No, we, we donated these lightly used chickens to a farm. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we bought a bunch of chickens and we put bow ties on them. <laughs> and so the object was that you had to catch the chicken with the matching color bow tie of your team. <laughs> it was a big open field and then it's ten. <laughs> and you had to catch and tackle this chicken. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> And it was awesome. One of the guys was wearing a GoPro. Uh, 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 Michelle, who is from Haiti, he's uh, Father Lewis's brother. He's on our, our men's ministry team. He caught two chickens because he's used to wrangling chickens in Haiti. It was it was an he was an expert. He caught them <laughs> like fast. <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> we did do a chicken chase. <laughs> So, yeah, I can imagine what it looks like to see someone tackle a chicken. <laughs> wow. When youth groups are back in person, I think I know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, you just gotta find someone who's gonna let you borrow some chickens. <laughs> or just buy some I've chickens. Heard some near rails and trails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but anyway. I think Rockville High School let us borrow some from the VOAG program. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that music that is epic means it's time to uh, wrap up this podcast I'm still thinking bow ties yeah no, it, that's it yeah you gotta find it it's a uh, it's spring meet and greet uh, <laughs> red barn ministries it's out there somewhere you can find it on the google right. later <laughs> um, I'm on it so you can email or comment on the uh, on the show you can go to baconsmiles.org uh, we'd love to hear from you if you got any topics or anything like that um, prayer requests anything like that just let us know um, but thanks so much for listening thanks so much for following along uh, with us we have a blast doing it um, you got anything buddy no thanks for the laughs and uh, God bless have a great week awesome. uh, as always thanks for listening and keep smiling and God bless.